Welcome to Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. I'm Jess Belmosto, alongside Sean Lavery. Please be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. So we had a fantastic win last night. Uh, a shutout, a, well, I can't even talk, a shutout for Cam Talbot. Uh, Sean, you probably watched more of the game than I did. Yes. Surprisingly. I almost fell asleep, though. That was, you know, it was a, a definite second of a back-to-back game. Like, that was definitely, mm-hmm. it was, it was. I want to say boring. Like, boring might be the word. I don't know if it was just me, but that wasn't. I, I know if there was one other person on Twitter who described the game as boring. Um, so, in my opinion, it was a little boring and then certainly, like, ugly. Um, both the Dallas Stars and the Flames, they had, like, super long stretches of, like, 11 minutes or 9 minutes of not getting a shot on goal, like on either way, right? So um, it was like, it was a weird game, but very much a second of a back-to-back game. Um, And then obviously the big story would be Cam Talbot. So um, shout out to the guy who got the shutout, right? Like that. Yeah. Like we've talked about Talbot so far in the playoffs being steady and like, you know, he hasn't been, I don't think a star necessarily. He's probably been the Flames best player, but like, you know, he hasn't stolen a game yet. And then finally yesterday, um, that was like the definition of stealing a game in the playoffs. It certainly was. And it's nice to see him finally get that shining moment. I mean, he, like you said, he's definitely been the Flames' best player, but to kind of, you know, amplify that even more, it was great. It was impressive. And like, you know, I don't know how tired he was like it was the second game and in, in the second day in a row and you know um we saw the stars they went back to Kadobin. like yeah they, they didn't play bishop two nights in a row and that you know we don't know if that was a just like what the really decision making was there um but i don't know how tired talbot necessarily was but he didn't look tired at all because there was you know no travel or anything really to worry about so um full marks and full credit to him one thing that was said, I believe, either in the intermission or, or in the post-game panel here in, uh, in Canada on Sportsnet uh, by Elliot Friedman was, as soon as Jeff Ward decided to go with Talbot in Game 2, or sorry, in Game 3, um, in the second game in a row, that made a clear like line in the sand where Cam Talbot is now the Flames' number one goalie, and mm-hmm. there's no 1A and 1B with Talbot and Riddick anymore. Um, do you believe that? Like, would you agree with that statement where now it's like so clearly Talbot's the number one and Riddick's the number two and, you know, we won't really be seeing Riddick unless things go really south? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's pretty easy for me to agree with that simply because we have not seen Riddick since, like, the exhibition games, I believe. Right. So, you know, having all your faith in Cam Talbot, especially as a coach, um, you know, that's, it's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. It'd be tough for Riddick at this point too. Like Friedman mentioned yeah. that, you know, Riddick's played 30 minutes of hockey in the last two and a half weeks, yeah. uh, like that with that exhibition game in Edmonton. So, you know, now we're so clearly in the playoffs or halfway through the first round. Um, for Riddick to come in at this point, like especially if he was starting a game, um, that would be, you know, 
tough. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood, there's no Talbot injuries or things don't go south for Talbot. You know, he might have a stinker of a game, especially mm-hmm. if the Flames go deep and, you know, we really start playing a lot of games here. Um, there could be a game where Talbot's just not, you know, it's an off night and everyone has those and we see Riddick for, you know, the second half of the game, but then it goes right back to Talbot. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I agree with Friedman as well. We're definitely, we're at this point now because even Talbot's one bad game, which would have been game two against the Stars where the Flames lost 5-4, you know, it wasn't necessarily Talbot's having a bad game, right? It was mm-hmm. it was the Flames playing really poorly in front of him and just bad team defense overall. Um, so we haven't seen too, too much, but there's been a couple individual goals. And of course there would be like with this many shot, like with this sample size of shots that there's been a couple bad goals that, you know, we wish Talbot would have had. Um, but overall he's been the Flames best player in the playoffs. And then finally last night in game three, um, you know, this is a playoff game that every good playoff team has at some point where the goalie just absolutely steals one for you in a game that you have no chance of winning. Um, and the Flames weathered the storm about six different times last night. And it started early when Sagan hit the post like twice. So yeah, um, it was, you know, it was it was a playoff win that I think the Flames kind of needed just to get under their belt. And to also be able to win when, you know, Kachuk is out and could be out for an extended period of time it kind of gives you that um, security and a little bit of confidence. 100%. And, you know, that's huge. Um, it's obviously huge on both ends. It's huge that Kachuk is out. Like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, like, as you mentioned, the confidence provided just from knowing that you can win uh, without one of your best players is, is you know, that's on, you know, you can't put a price tag on that, what that means. Um Coming up next, Jess, you and I will dive a little bit more into how Calgary did in their first game without Matthew Kachuk. Um, but first, as you mentioned, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And Built Bar has a total collection of 18 amazing flavors um, in their protein bars. And, you know, most protein bars, are, it's kind of like you, you get chocolate, you get vanilla, or like maybe strawberry, and that's kind of it. Um, with Built Bar, it is 18, a collection of 18 amazing flavors, and six of them are brand new additions on top of the already original 12. And here are the six new flavors, it's caramel brownie, it's cookies and cream, uh, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Um, that's on top, of course, as I mentioned, the 12 original awesome flavors. So this is not uh, your traditional protein bar at all. And Jess, you've actually had the chance to try yeah. a few of the built bars. Does it is it like that normal protein bar where it's almost like eating chalk or eating sand? Uh, or is it as delicious as it sounds? It is as delicious as it sounds. It reminds me of uh, like a Three Musketeers bar, but without all that guilt and bad stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you can kind of eat one and be like, oh, you know, like I'm not putting all that sugar into my body. I'm actually fueling it with few carbs and a whole lot of protein. Right. So that's the thing. Built bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for a keto diet, which is um, definitely on trend these days. Um, just to break down one of the bars quickly, we'll look at the uh, coconut almond bar, for example. So if you had that, that's 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carbs. And for the next week or so, Jess, it's actually exciting. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Um, so go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on that is one word and you'll get ten dollars off your next order so use promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com 
So as we mentioned earlier uh, in our first, <clears throat> excuse me, first segment, uh, you know, Matthew Kachuk is out and we're not really sure how long that could be. Um, has it been uh, the rest of, has it been like decided that it's probably going to be the rest of the series? Did I miss that? No, you did not miss that unless we both missed it. Um <laughs> You know, I think it's it's. This is what I kind of was worried about with the whole coronavirus playoffs thing. Is we are so in the dark now on injuries. Um, you know, it's just unfit to play. But like we, I don't think we've even heard about what Shifley's injury was. Yeah. And the Jets have. You know, their season's been over now for a, a week and a bit. So um, I'm not sure if we'll ever find out really what the status of Kachuk is until he's back in the lineup, right? So if if he ends up being if back in the lineup, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, you really don't want to speculate at all, but like my God, right. he had he had so many. There was like at least two incidents in Game Two where you, you could pinpoint like that's mind of where he got injured, mm-hmm. and one of them definitely involved his head. So um, of course you start thinking concussion, which is which is scary. So I mean, you don't want to speculate at all, but I, in the back of my mind, I'm just a little worried that this might be longer than we would like or hope for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so anyways, just looking at the game yesterday, we got the double slam of Zach Ronaldo coming into the lineup. Um, and then they also scratched Mark Jankowski, which, you know, I thought was a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, I didn't was, like that. You know, I mean, our boy, Zach Ronaldo, he, and, then, and then he took a penalty <laughs> yesterday, Jess, and I saw him. They, zoomed in on him skating to the box and i was thinking of you the whole time i was like zach ronaldo is back in the lineup and what does he do he takes a penalty yeah um, now lucky for him he's so freaking lucky that his penalty was the one uh where michael backland scored the shorthanded goal so, um, so i guess we can thank him for that well i don't want maybe. to maybe i don't Not want really, to at all yeah. the flame should have won this one nothing tj brody should have been the only goal scorer but zach yes. ronaldo had to take a penalty and therefore uh michael backland um scored so i mean whatever I'm still, I can't believe it. Like, my God. Anyways, uh, Ronaldo and Alan Quine came in. So Quine uh, replaced Jankowski. And the two of those guys played only six minutes. Uh, or, cl- sorry, closer to seven minutes, but, you know, six-ish minutes. Yeah. Um, so the fourth line, um, not getting as much ice time necessarily. Um, the one player who did get a little more was Toby Reeder. And Toby was the one who jumped up in Kachuk's place and kind of increased his spot in the lineup. And he's had a pretty good playoffs like for the flames he's been impactful um you know much more than i think anyone would have expected Mm. um so you know he definitely deserved that chance and he definitely took advantage of that chance yesterday um just like if you scroll through the ice time the flames uh, time on ice is kind of you know it was the backland line that got a large chunk of it and then the goudreau first line uh was closer down to 15 minutes of ice time so you know, things are a little bit different. There's a lot of adjustments being made for sure. And I'm not sure if I if I kind of know exactly what the Flames are going to look like without Kachuk, just because yesterday was such a bizarre circumstance where it's a second game of a back-to-back and all that. Sure. So, um, you know, they, they survived one game and it was ugly. And, you know, like I said, they definitely, it was a, it was a surviving the game. It wasn't necessarily winning the game. Um, but, you know, that's what kind of happens in the playoffs. You need your goalie to to steal a game here and there. Um, this definitely cannot be a trend. Um, no. So I'm, I think in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm a little bit nervous just about what the Kachuk injury would mean, especially if it stretches long term, um, seeing that, 
you know, both Ronaldo and Alan Quine came into the lineup as soon as Kachuk left the lineup. Um, I'm not sure if I necessarily like that. Um, even like just removing, you know, the players that replace Kachuk, just losing Kachuk on its own, like that's pretty flame, heavy. I've loved the Flames' depths about or talking about the Flames' depth, especially against the Jets, and then here again against the Stars. Like the Flames have had the advantage in terms of forward depth the first two series, but that does change a lot once you lose Kachuk because it's just a big ripple effect. So, absolutely, and you know, I think that you know there are too many weird circumstances around yesterday's game to kind of decide like if we will see this again was Jankowski scratched because it was the second half of a back-to-back and you know Ward wanted to give him rest time so he said here here's Ronaldo. you can have a crumb of ice time today right. and you know I just I don't know I don't I don't think that this is permanent I know it's it's definitely a fluid situation. Um, the one thing that has changed, so we always kind of talk about. I think the Flames had three options of of forward replacements, and it was Zach Ronaldo, Alan Quine, and Austin Zarnick. Um, the one thing that does change is Zarnick has left the team to uh, for family reasons, um, and you know it kind of the one tweet I saw about the Zarnick situation, it made it seem like it was open ended in that he left the team, but he might come back later once, you know, things are taken care of and we hope everything's okay. Um, So yeah, no further comment provided at this time. So they didn't, the tweet definitely didn't shut the door. Like he's gone and he's gone for good. Um, But at least for now, the the flames, what was three options is now down to two and it's either going to be Ronaldo or Quine um, or Jankowski. And then, you know, obviously as we saw yesterday, they went with Quine and, and Ronaldo. So it's a it's a fluid situation for sure. Jess, you picked the Flames to win this series in seven games. Is that correct? Yeah, I uh, I think I said six. Six? Did I say seven? I'm confused. I think so. One of us said six. One of us said seven. Okay, okay. Jess said six. I said seven. Then, um, if I told you Kachuk was going to miss the rest of this series, does your prediction change? You know, now that we're three uh, games into it and the Flames are up two one. Um. No. No, I think that you know. The team will step up, and that uh, you know Cam Talbot might have to save another game this series. And I right. do think that it's um, the Flames are gonna finally make it past the first round. I get like the official first round. The official round. first round. Yeah, I think if if Kachuk were to miss the rest of the series, I think you know the the seven game factor is mm-hmm. definitely in play, and by like a significant amount more, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see this series go seven games. Um, but you know, the flames kind of, if there's one thing that's a positive, they, I guess they have a, you know, you could call it a bit of a stinker from a skater's perspective, um, last night. So they kind of have that out of the way and now they kind of know what to deal with, uh, with Kachuk out of the lineup. So, um, hopefully things get better from here, but if they, if they play overall, like they did yesterday and they have to rely on Talbot the whole game, uh, I'm not necessarily liking the flames in seven. It might be the stars in seven, but regardless, I think the series is going to go seven. It's going to go seven, especially if Kachuk is missing um, significant time. And it's, you know, Tyler Sagan was really good last night and he's kind of, his, his graph has gone up. He's been building up steam as the series has gone on. So, the Flames are up 2-1 and, and now going into Sunday's game. Um, they have a big, big opportunity. Um, and hopefully Kachuk is back in the lineup to help with this big opportunity to go up 3-1. But, you know, if not, 
you know, they still have, you know, the fact that Dubé and the Lucic line has been so mm-hmm. good, um, that really does help with, especially if you lose your second line, you know, the best player on your second line. So Definitely. And I think, you know, if that, if the third line hadn't been performing that well, you know, I would definitely have to say like, you know, the stars are definitely going to, you know, take this, but mm-hmm. I have confidence with Luch in Dubé. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. The third line has been really good. Um, the Goudreau line has still kind of been just there. Like, they haven't really yeah. done anything. Um, Kent Wilson, who was a great Flames follow on Twitter, and he used to write for The Athletic and uh, has since moved on. Kent Wilson has a great thread of tweets of just how the Goudreau line has kind of been ineffective, especially five on five. They've kind of made up ground and, like, have kind of saved themselves any real harsh criticism by doing well on the power play. Um, but their five-on-five play has not been necessarily great at all. So I would encourage everyone uh, to head to Kent Wilson's Twitter and and just read the threads because he, you know, I can't explain the Corsi and everything to people, so I'm not even going to try. I'll just, I'll just push them to Kent's Twitter and, and he does a great job there explaining all that. So, um, you know, we need to see the Goudreau line be effective five on five, uh, if Kachuk is going to miss the rest of the series too. So, you know, it's nice that the Dubé line's doing well, but, um, at some point the Goudreau line is going to have to play a factor. Um, still in the show, Jess, we got one more segment. Next segment, we are going to be doing our winners and losers of the week. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday just because the flames played late last Friday. So we technically do this segment every Friday, but we'll, We'll end the week with our uh, winners and losers of the week next. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. I'm so happy that we get to do this segment. This is my favorite, and I look forward to it every week. So thank you, Sean, for, you know, tweaking this and taking it from the wonderful people over at TSN. Oh, yeah. I love stealing stuff, as, <laughs> as I've been known to do. So maybe next Monday I'll come up with another segment to steal. I got lots in my arsenal. Um, <laughs> but, yes, at TSN Radio when I was there in Toronto on Leafs Lunch, we did uh, winners and losers of the week every Monday. We did winners and losers of the weekend on Monday. Um, so I briefly stole the segment and just adjusted it to do winners and losers of the week on a Friday to end the week and kind of look back on the last few days. So... Um, Jess, since you love this segment, why don't you start us off uh, with your winner of the week? So, like, just before we started recording, uh, Tuka Rask announced that he was leaving the bubble and opting out. Oh, geez. And, yeah, so, you know, Tuka, knowing that you have to put your mental health and family life before hockey and while the world is literally burning mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you have a newborn and two young girls at home, Congrats. I give you lots of respect for that. Yeah, that's a tough decision to make and, you know, good for him for for making it. So yeah. who's what's that now mean for Boston? You know, you're a Bruins fan. Is that Yarl Halak now? Yes. Well, that's so, not bad. That's no, it's okay. definitely not bad, um, especially with Tuca kind of playing a little funky these last few games against Carolina. Like, it doesn't a lot of people have been pushing for Halak to, you know, get a start. And, well, they got their wish. So yeah. I hope they like it. Well, good for Tuka. You're right. That's a tough decision to make. And um, especially, you know, it's tough for Travis Hamanick to do it before 
before the games even start. But for for Tuca to make the decision, you know, when we're in the middle of the playoffs, uh, would be even harder. So, yes. you know, you're right. Good for him. My winner of the week is also a goaltender. But you know, I'm going with uh, Jonas Corposalo of the Blue Jackets, yes. who had that record-setting 85 save night in five overtimes against the Lightning. Um, so he's my individual winner, but you know, it kind of extends to the Blue Jackets as a whole. The fact they lost that game, it, but no one really talks about them losing that game. It's almost like they won the game. Like just yeah. the fact that they were a part of a five overtime game, uh, it was probably the least criticized loss in NHL history. Uh, Absolutely, especially a playoff loss. Exactly, exactly. It's like, oh, well, they lost, but who who really cares that they lost? They went to five overtimes. Let's talk about that. Exactly. Uh, which, you know, I understand. It's totally the story. Um, but shout out to Jonas Corpusello. He's my winner of the week, making 85 saves. You know, I still want to see a 100 save night. Um, we might need seven overtimes <laughs> for that to happen. Um, but seeing 85 saves, that's a, a literally a record-breaking night. Um, that's a winner of the week right there, even though he did lose the game. Uh, speaking of losing, who is your loser of the week, Jess? Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, he made some comments about the refs and i get it like i don't i think it's stupid to kind of be fined for critiquing and criticizing but you know you have to respect the officials but come on twenty five thousand dollars coming out of their pockets that's that's a tough loss yeah i i i don't know if i agree with this one um i think the i'm okay with Rob Brent, he's kind of a not a hothead, but he I think he has that potential to kind of lose his mind at any Absolutely. point in time. Um, he's got that former player intensity still. Like he still has the intensity of a player, even though he's a coach. Um, the one thing I loved about that whole Brendamore situation, I don't know if you saw this, the Hurricanes Twitter account, who has been yeah. on fire all playoffs, <laughs> tweeted out a picture of the check that they're sending the NHL uh, for this $25,000 fine. So you know, the team is picking up the tab that Brendamore should be paying because they kind of have their coaches back, obviously. Um, but it's $25,000 and $17. So it's like, what is that, $25,000 or $17? Um, I guess there's a $17, like, processing fee or That's ridiculous. whatever it is. Like, <laughs> the NHL just loves money. Like, they'll take money any way they can. So um, that that tweet was, that made me laugh in the Brendamore yeah. situation. Did you see the photo of Brendamore playing frisbee at BMO yes. Field in Toronto? This dude is jacked. Like he is 50 years <laughs> old and like shredded. He's got more muscle than probably most of his players do. Um, yeah, like he, he's in better shape than most of his players. And then um, he was doing um, an interview. And he was like, yeah, it was hot, so I just took my shirt off. And it was like, okay, like cameras were around and you were clearly flexing for them. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew he exactly what, he, what was he was doing. I wonder if he wins yeah. the, the Hurricanes fitness testing every, you know, training <laughs> camp. Like, he must. Right? He must. Um, yeah, to. My loser of the week, Jess, is also a coach for making comments. Um, I'm going to go with Elaine Vigneault of the Flyers, though. Um, oh. So the, the Habs beat up on the Flyers bad. Like, it was 5 nothing, And then... Montreal gets a power play late in the game and they put out their first power play unit. And then, you know, post game, Vigneault kind of lost his mind on the fact that the Habs put out their first power play unit when it was five, nothing um, basically saying we've been embarrassed enough already. We've embarrassed ourselves. Like, why are you trying to embarrass us even more? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, there's obviously two sides to this as there's two sides to most things. Um, there's people who agree with Vigneault and it was a, a shady move by Montreal. And then there's people who are on Montreal side saying, you know, just suck it up, man. You're in the NHL. Who cares? 
Uh, I even saw people say that Montreal's power play was struggling. So the fact that their first unit just had a little extra more practice was good for them. Um, so it's just a whole stupid incident. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm calling Vignol my loser of the week because um, I don't necessarily agree with his comments. You know, it's, it's the NHL, it's the playoffs. Like you just got to suck it up. Um, but I also did see another former player. His name's Carlo Koliakovo. He does work at TSN radio in Toronto. I used to play for the Leafs. He was saying that, you know, Vigneault, he wasn't doing this because he was actually mad and embarrassed. He was doing this as like motivation for his team. So um, hopefully that is the reasoning behind his comments. But um, to complain about that kind of stuff at this point is is loser of the week material for sure. Absolutely. And who's your shout out of the week? My shout out is another coach, um, but, you know, a little bit more of a, of a somber tone. Claude Julien has, um, he went to the hospital earlier this week. He's having a bit of chest pain um, and he was monitored in the hospital for a couple of days. Um, they said he's not going to be behind the Montreal bench again, at least for this series. And then obviously who knows about the rest of the playoffs. Um, that's kind of to be determined, but um, just want to give a shout out to Claude Julien and hopefully a speedy recovery from home. That must be, you know, tough for him to, I don't, I'm sure he's, he's calling the coaches and of um, tra- wanting to help as much as he can. But at, at some point you're kind of just on your couch and a little bit helpless. So it'd be tough for him, especially in the playoffs. Um, so just a shout out to him. Hopefully we see him back soon. Absolutely. And that was, um, it was scary, especially when, um, you know, I think it was the Habs Twitter account that they just tweeted out saying, hey, he's uh, in the hospital. It's not COVID-related. Right. So, I mean, hopefully all's well over there and he is able to, you know, de-stress a little bit. And hopefully that win yesterday was a little bit of, like, a little little nice dedication. Exactly. Exactly. How about uh, your shout-out for the week? Sure. So I have uh, the Boston chapter of Pucker Up Sports. Uh, They have been kicking butt with coverage, and it's really nice to work with a group of women who are here for each other and can, you know, we might not always agree um, with, you know, like sports takes and things like that, but just to be able to work with them constructively, it's Mm -hmm. great. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's always funny. Like you see the the shows with like Stephen A. Smith, and they all just yell at each other and scream at each other. Um, <laughs> you never want your sports takes to turn into personal attacks. So um, right. that rarely is that the case. It's kind of extreme for that to happen. But it's it's good to hear that uh, there's yet another instance of you know once the mics are off, it's all everything's good because it's just Seriously, it's yeah. sports. Like we're having fun. We're not yelling at you. We're just yelling. Uh, at the team or at someone at a player. So uh, no need to get fired up personally. Absolutely. And like, I love like the Stephen A. Smith, like, like his burner Twitter account where it's just like reaction pictures and videos. Like those are really funny, but like, you know, we don't need that like happening on air. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, coming up on uh, Monday, Jess, we'll have another game to react to because Sunday night, or Sunday afternoon, sorry, is game four between the Stars and the Flames. Uh, so we'll be back on Monday with a fresh reaction to hopefully another Flames win, and hopefully Matthew Kachuk is involved somehow. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Jess is at Jessica Belmosto, and I'm at Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. 
Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Stars with Josh Clark and Kevin Nash, as the two of those guys will have you covered from Dallas's perspective all series long. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, Jess, and we'll chat Thank on Monday. You. All right. Okay, cool. Thanks again.